Hey guys, welcome back to the, the Advanced Man Podcast, episode two. Today, we are going to follow up our interview with Blaze Grinner. Just recap, Blaze was an amazing rugby star when he was young. He got into construction, was very much a lad's lad, but he struggled once he realized he wasn't going to play rugby for Australia. He struggled with identity, struggled with purpose, and he's really sharing his journey with us right now and how he shifted from the Aussie hooligan to a very heart-centered, devotional man, husband, father, and men's coach. So tune back in, and I'll see you in the podcast. Yeah, um, it's just beautiful, man. So it, it also ties back into like there's beliefs, but then values as well. So uh, our beliefs are created from our behaviors, and then our values are derived from our beliefs. So whatever we believe to be true, real, up, down, left, right, we create our value system from. Uh, and so for the men that are fathers right now, um, it, and we're going to be in that spot, I'm in that spot, is uh, and like where your father is, is to realize that our children are going to have similar values, but they're also going to be different. Every individual person on this planet has individual values. And majority of the people listening to this uh, won't know your values consciously. And I, I'm really safe to say that because nearly 95% of people that come into my vortex don't know their values consciously. And if they do, they, they think that they know them, but they don't actually truly embody them. And so that's like why they're thinking and judging, perceiving the world is on autopilot and they're not actually present to how they feel and how they're acting and they're not setting boundaries and wondering why they're feeling the way they do. Mm. It's because they haven't, if my belief is that values and your vision is the two cornerstones to a conscious man. Yeah. And, and that's how you lead, lead a life is like, you got to have your moral compass like and know it. That's your value system. It's yeah. super simple. It is. And everything derives off the back of that. Um, and it's super simple and can be really fucking challenging too when you start living true alignment with your values, like what you're saying, like dying in front of your dad's eyes. It's like, no, I'm going to stay true to me, not anymore about you. Mm. Um, and this is where our values derive from is as little boys, we're looking up, mm. physically looking up, mm. and we put our parents on pedestals, mm. coaches on pedestals, mm. teachers on pedestals. And the heart, one of the hardest relationships we have to have a breakup with is the one with our parents. Yeah. Yeah. And then you and that manhood that we're all chasing, like we had a laugh, like, fuck, I, did, I, if, I didn't feel manly, same as you. I was like about 33, didn't feel like a man standing my two feet. One of those things is I had to break up with my mum. Mm. Like, my, I, my first tattoo, mum's name on my heart. And I remember I was like super angry and I went into Preston and the coach, yeah, yeah, sorry, look that, yeah. Both of us, man, that sliding doors. And um, I was about to do a speech at this youth forum and, uh, and I got super angry and I was taken out of my fiance and I just remember reaching out to peace. Like, dude, I just I don't know where this anger's coming from, man. It's not me. I know I'm projecting right now. Like, so what are you doing different, man? And I'm like, I just wrote a speech to this youth forum. And he's like, what did you talk about? And it was like all my childhood. And there was these these milestone moments or these trajectory changing moments in my life, all pertaining to my mom. Mm. And he's like, You're angry at your mum, man. You just go ring her and have a clearing conversation. <laughs> And just, oh, no, man, I can't be angry at my mum because we've been taught that we can't be angry at women. Do you know what I mean? And oh, I, well, I say not, I won't don't project everyone. I've been taught not to be angry at women and project that because of the belief with my dad, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, man, that was one. And the divinity of everything is like, okay, cool. I committed to have it. Looked at what we got on this weekend. Oh, fuck, I'm going back to my hometown to my brother's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> And that was one of the most hardest conversations in my life to bring up 
of like, hey, I've still got this anger in my body. I know that you did the best you could, um, but I didn't like how this played out, X, Y, and Z. Um, and it was interesting, man. And because when we break up with their parents, we're no longer their little boy. We're now a grown man. And then so that whole relationship dynamic has to evolve into something new, especially for the feminine. It's unsafe. Mm. Like safety. I, I love feminine love safety. And so, yeah, mum and I are on that journey, man. We're on that journey of, um, and it's been a, a long journey, man, like seven-year journey of uh, figuring out how this relationship uh, is and evolves. And there's been some big boundaries that had to be stepped and some got overcrossed. And so mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it, it's, it, it's an interesting moment, but it's one that's needed to have. It's, it, that, that, man, is an initiation. Breaking up with your parents 100%. is, you want to become a man? One of the things is you need to break up with your parents yeah. and, and claim your manhood. And the way, like that used to look by boxing on with your old man in back in the day, you know, like back in the day, We're that talking- was when, yeah, that was what it was. It was like, all right, you want a shot at the title? Let's fucking go. And it was, you know, that's that. And it didn't, you didn't have to win. You just had to meet him in that space. And that was the amend. That was the, okay, you're a man there. That was the old school men's initiation from boyhood. Um, and it's, it's like, uh, and it could, do you know what? It could still be done. But do it with gloves on in a ring. Gloves on. A- that boundaries. Boundaries. This is the parameters. Exactly. Put the boundaries on. Exactly. Like, yeah. You know, like I still, I think there's nothing wrong with it because we're humans and your, your family is going to always be your biggest trigger no matter what happens in life, right? Like you and I both know you do all the inner work, you share it with your closest mates, you create new friendships, you go home, bang, 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 bang. The triggers come up. Taking it home is where it all lives. And if you can, if you can take it home and do these, and I'm not saying go box on with your old man if, if you're 55 years old, like get get in the ring with your 70 year old dad. Fuck you, man. What I mean is like, you know, you're at the level now you can have a conversation. I remember divorcing my mum and I was like, you're not my mum anymore. She's like, I'll always be your mum. I was like, no, you're not my mum anymore. Like, I am, I am me. And you know, it was she cried. It was hard for her to hear. It was hard for her to digest. And I probably didn't do it perfectly at the time. You know, I was just in this mm. big state. Um, but yeah, hundred percent agree. hundred percent agree. Um, yeah, all right. This is taking that, taking that title away, man. So it's like your mum's a woman, your dad's a man. And same with me. It's like, so it's say the man. Yeah. Your dad is just another man, just like you. Your mum is a woman, just like you. We're all humans. Remove that identity and all the beliefs that come with it and create a relationship from that. Yeah. Um, and that's when I look at my boys mm. and I'm like, oh man, I, I <laughs> went to this rabbit hole once, man. I changed my boy's nappy and my partner and I, um, as a, as a second boy. So we're doing, uh, I had relationship counseling. So it was a bit rocky. I was changing his nappy and I looked down at him. And I'm like, man, there could be another man doing this if it, this doesn't work out. And I used to be super insecure and super jealous. And mm. so that emotion come back up, which I hadn't felt for a long time. I'm like, oh, why do I feel jealous right now if another man was doing that? I'm like, ah, oh, you think you own this child. And so that was like, ah, oh, that, that ownership piece of like, I own that child. And that's why it's so hard for our fathers to let go of because they think they own us. Mm. And so if we're listening, it's like, we don't own our children. It's just, we're, we're just like the... The, yeah, the Sherpas along the way, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then there's going to be that time, but yeah, to let them go. I had this, I had this thought the uh, well, probably a couple of years ago now of um, 
you know, my dad tells me about growing up in a town called Elizabeth, you know, they're, they're pommy family. They come over 10 pound poms on the boat and the whole town, the town's called Elizabeth, right? So there's lots and lots of English settlers there because it's all after Queen Elizabeth, you know, down in that, down in Adelaide. And, um, you know, he got home once he was out all day. He got home and his dad was sitting there on the, on the, the deck waiting for him, waiting for him and said, what have you been doing? And he's like, oh, I was just hanging out with my friends. It's like, I heard you've been stealing from the shop. No, I haven't stolen from the shop. Like, you know, what do you mean? I heard you've been stealing from the shop. I didn't like, you know, and like, I, I really dad, I didn't. And my dad laughs. He goes, you know, to be fair, it was probably the one time I didn't steal anything from the shop that day, but I, but I hadn't anyways, you know, his dad, 20 questions got through, like looked at his pockets, had nothing. And so he, um, got his son in the car, took him to the shops, like big W and Elizabeth, whatever, you know, like 30, will be 50, 40 years ago now. Um, and so what had happened was the, uh, he got searched, right? So he was at the shop. He'd come out the shop. Security guard didn't like him. He patted him down, searched him. He hadn't stolen anything. And, you know, and that was it, but he didn't tell his dad cause he was afraid of getting told off, but someone had seen it. Like some other parent had seen it and seen it and seen it and then told his dad. And he was like, no, no, he searched me. I didn't have anything on him. So he, my, my granddad took my dad to the shop and made the security guard apologize to his son. Like, it was like, you apologize. Like, he didn't steal anything. You were being an asshole, you know, like, apologize to him. Wow. And, you know, it's funny. I, I look at that and all the stories of how parents used to look out for the kids in the neighborhood all the time, you know. It didn't matter. Hey, don't do that. You know, it's not good. You know, blah, blah, blah. It didn't matter if it was your kid or not. There was a certain mm. level of parental responsibility to children because they knew that children needed to be parented. Um, and parents didn't take it personally. You know, like back then mm -hmm. they would just be like, thank you very much. I'll take it from here, you know, or whatever. It was never like, don't you fucking talk to my kid like that. And that's what it is these days. And, you know, upon reflection, mm -hmm. upon and all this, and I'm, you know, I'm not a parent yet and I can't wait to be one and I, I will be, you know, it's, it's the deepest yearning in my heart, but I am, I am a child. I am a son to parents and I've, I've pondered this. I think we lost an aspect of maturing children to adults when raising children became more about the parents' identity than it did the children's development, you know, the, yeah, you, the, there's that saying is like your children are a reflection of you. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, man, it's uh, yeah. But yes, like, if your if your kid were at my if your kids were at my place, for example, and they rang you up and they're like, "Blaze, Tyron told me off for doing this." And then, you know, you were like, wait, don't fucking tell my kids. It's like, because you think your children are a reflection of you. So now you take offense when they do something wrong, as opposed to just being like, thanks, mate. Appreciate you putting them in line, you know? And it's like yeah, man. And that challenge. This this is um, with these new friendships and everything that I have, it's um, we have these conversations, man. Mm. It's like, because everything we say is an unconscious agreement. And so there is this unconscious agreement of like not not recognizing the kids or recognizing the kids. Mm. And so with all of our friends, I was like, hey, how do you guys fit with this? How do you guys feel with that? Mm. Oh man, if they're playing up, like do it. And so it's <laughs> and it's and it's interesting because if the one of the kids is out of line a little bit, hey man, don't do that. Like don't jump with whatever it is. You could because it's not their parent where they feel safe, mm. instant you can see it in their body. Oh, I'm getting in trouble or X, Y, whatever it is. But they listen and it hits different, man. It, and so, yeah, this is literally why um, one of the reasons I started Breath, our oldest boy in Brazil, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu yesterday. Mm. Uh, I've seen bullying. we got a super conscious kitty. I've seen bullying at that young age 
I had a suspended jail sentence. I'm like, cool. I want him to like consciously learn a martial art, which teaches discipline, but I'm not going to be the only male role model in his life teaching him discipline. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, man, it's uh, it was good. It was good last time. It was cool. I, I did yeah, see 100% that. 100% that. Sorry. I was just going to say, but back to that reflection piece is mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, I see it so much. But, uh, and uh, I won't go there. It'll be a rabbit hole. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, and I, th- it's for me, that's the, that's the, the, the ability. Like we're so sensitive now of how people perceive us as individuals mm. and our children are an extension of us. Therefore, we think everything is about us rather than the benefit of, the children or benefit of society or benefit of whatever. Um, but yeah, I was going to say, I did see that post about you taking breath to, to jujitsu man. And I think that's, that's awesome. You know, I, I, I do like men, young boys are always going to find other men in their life anyway. Right. Like, cause you're the father. So you're only going to be able to have so much impact because there's going to be certain things where they're just like, I, you know, maybe not you because you're, you know, you're very aware and you're going to build beautiful relationships with your kids. And I, I know that, but me, there are many things I didn't want to talk to my dad about. Because I was just like, I don't feel like I can, you know, like he's not, he's not there on this level, this level, this level, this level. So, you know, I felt like I could tell him when I got really drunk and had a good time. I told him when I got laid and I could tell him, you know, he was always the first person I would call when I fucked up always. Right. I knew that. And and that's, I'm very happy that I had that with him, but I would Mm. never go to him with anything that I felt insecure or scared or fearful about. He wasn't that person for me, you know? And yeah. so then I was seeking that unconsciously in any other older man that I could possibly find. Yeah, man. Yeah. Back to that other, like, uh, there's always going to be those other role models. Um, at the kindy we go to, as a young dude there, um, he'd be uh, early 30s, like, uh, like I mean, maybe late 20s, early 30s. His name's Tyler. And one day I had all three kids with me. And so rankings like, hey, can someone come out and give me a hand? Because I'm just um, the other two are sick. Breathy's coming, and so the eldest boy, Breathy, jumps out and just runs across the road like Tyler runs at him, man, and jumps up and gives him this bassy big bear hug. And it was the first time that I've seen Breath do that with any other man other than me, Pop, Granddad, mm. and man, I bawled my eyes out. As that my son has another man in his life, he feels so safe and he's so happy to go see him. And Tyler and I hit it off. We started like a fatherhood circle at the kindy and stuff. And I just know he's a really good dude. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was just interesting because I also know that it can be a hard thing for a father to let awesome. go of that and have jealousy or compare him like, oh, what's he doing? And it has snuck up a couple of times. So yeah. if you come home, he's like, um, Tyler, Tyler can um, uh, skateboard, and I can feel like so can Daddy, and then and like that comparison man, it's happening, man, and it's yeah. like, um, but then it's all the other side is like um, when you hear like my daddy's so strong in the playground, just when they talk about you, like my daddy can do this, my daddy can do that, and just, mm. it, but yeah, it, that comparison it, it mm. has happened twice, like it come up, and I can just laugh at it, but it still comes up. There's still yeah, that yeah. little trigger there, yeah, um, about when he talks about Tyler. I just know how much he loves him. Um, mm. But it's, 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 I remember putting a post up. I was still emotional when I did it. Just imagine if every kid had that kind of teacher to go to at school and felt so safe to just go run up. Like, Man, how much would this world be such a beautiful place if all those kids felt safe to go to school and had someone to confide in that maybe wasn't their parents? And 
Um, and talking about rites of passages, man, is like a, a, a biological parent never took the, the child through a rites of passage ever. It was someone else had to let it go. And that was part of the whole thing. Like the women would wail because they know when their little boy left, then they're coming back a man. Mm. There's like and that screaming of like that cathartic like release of letting go of that that relationship or identity dynamic. And what I what I love is that they would they would grieve, they would wail and they would grieve the loss of their boy because they knew that a man was being born. And the mm-hmm. whole village would go through the grieving process while everyone was away. And when they came back, the whole village would have processed the grief. And now everyone's on board with accepting these men and they would reinforce the fact they are men and not keep treating them like boys. And that through was celebration. Exactly. Celebrating that journey. Yeah. Of all of it, man, the grief, the transition, like the coming of a, like the big celebration of marking that moment. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent, and and the not, like you know, sorry, not not by getting not by getting pissed and by hitting the club. And... <laughs> yeah, my one you know one of my initiations was my dad taking me to my first strip club. You know, like he used to go to the the rugby club every Friday night. They didn't even play rugby, but it was the rugby club, and they had strippers every Friday night. And I was eighteen. And he's like, "Well, you better come to the rugby club with me." And you know, and I won the lap. Da- I got put on the lap dance so many times because I was the youngest one there. You're Tony's son. Oh my god. Oh my God, look at you. How, what happened? What happened to you? Look at how beautiful he is. You know, like all of a sudden, you know, I was just mm-hmm. celebrated because I was cute and young and hot. And so he was cast aside and he was always in over attention. So he hated it. And like, it was an initiation, but it wasn't a good one. You know, mm-hmm. we, we got fucking drunk together. I got all the attention. He started burning me with his cigarette because he was frustrated and, you know, not like bad, bad, but just like on my arm, like real quick, you know, but you know, it was just, just that unhealthy fucking male competition between father and son. And it's like, yeah. wow. Um, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to sit where well, I know we could just keep going. I'm going to start slowly drawing this to a, to a head. Um, this, this, I still, I just want to finish up with the emotions and the identity. Right. And, and we're talking about, we've gone full circle. We've talked about, you know, our challenges growing up or, you know, your challenges growing up your initiation into manhood and, and around your emotions, um, your your own processes through finding men's work and men's circles and, you know, how powerful that has been for you cultivating the man that you are now and continuing to cultivate the man that you want to be for the future. Um, you know, we, you and I are, are on the same path, basically. You know, it will look different and sound it different is. and feel different, but we are on the same path and we're going to touch the men that we touch in our lives, you know, and I'm, I'm really happy to call you a brother and I'm excited to come to an event one day up there in the sunny coast and hope you come down one day for one down here. Um, yeah, man. And I know, I know what will happen, but if you were to give a man um, three, three bits of advice for, you know, cultivating their identity, I think what you said something around values and beliefs and um, before, which I think is super important, you know, but, if you were to give a man three three bits of advice of like how he can formulate his own identity, regardless of other people around him or or what, you know, in uh, no matter what environments he's been in or you know other people's thoughts, process or, or dreams of him, like how does a man cultivate his own identity? Um, number one is find out consciously what your values are. Like consciously find out and explore. If you need support, help, you can Google it. There's so many, like so much stuff. You could literally Google, how do I find out my core value systems and beliefs? And you'd be able to find a way to do that online. 
Mm. You can't find that. Reach out. There's so many people that teach it. Um, find your core values is number one. It's like it is your literal inner compass, your moral moral compass. It's what you make every decision from. Uh, and it's how that you can coach yourself when you're out of alignment. It is like it, it and that we're going to have so many different identities go through our life. Mm. We're going to have identities like mine at the moment. So the coach, father, husband, man, facilitator, all these different identities. The thing that never fucking changes is your value system. It's always with you. So if you consciously know what your values are, if one of those identities change, say for instance, if you, uh, in my, if Melinda and I ever got divorced, yes, it would fucking hurt. Yes, it would suck. But I would not fucking crumble because I would come back to my value system. Mm. There's been times that, um, in so many times, man, of like these big, like life changing decisions to make. How the fuck do I make this decision? How do I let go of this identity? How do I let I let go of conscious man brotherhood? How do I let go of that? The only way to make it like a a decision that I'll never fucking regret is my value system because mm. it didn't it doesn't derive from what mum's gonna think, what dad's gonna think, what wife's gonna think. Mm. It's like okay, these people may not agree, mm. but I'm gonna live in my fucking truth. And so that's the biggest thing, man, about identity is like, like your value system is never going to leave. You'll just strengthen and, and, and they'll, they'll make more and change a little bit, but that's always with you. Um, the um, other thing, uh, I'm not sure if it feeds into identity, but I just want to circle back to it around vulnerability. And we've started that thing about me hitting the steering wheel. And so I was very vulnerable in that car. Hmm very vulnerable i was very raw i was transparent i just let loose i was very vulnerable now i but i sold into the 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 hype that women want men to be vulnerable they don't women don't want men to be vulnerable they can't they that wouldn't they, they don't want that they want you to be transparent yeah you lose the masculine frame when you're too vulnerable yes and so in that vulnerability, in that emotion, the things that I was saying, it was like, it was pretty full on. Mm. And if I said that to my wife or partner, I found at the time, she would have felt so fucking scared and unsafe. Uh, though, what I did do is I came home and I transparently spoke about what happened because the men held me. I came up with answers and solutions and I went and shared that transparently, not vulnerability and like, I didn't need any I didn't need any answers from her. And so in that identity that you're forming uh, or creating for yourself of uh, the man that you wish to be, the one that you desire to be, that has been one of the biggest lessons for, for myself is to know the difference between vulnerability and transparency and being transparent. And um, it doesn't mean that you don't express your emotions and cry with your emotions, but um, I'm going to give an example of this. Sure. So we got... um. Three kids, breath, oak, and ocean. Ocean's their daughter, the youngest one. Um, maybe six months ago, um, it was like pretty late at night. It was like 10 o'clock, and I was in my office. Minnie's come in, and she's like, babe, 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 ocean. As she hands me ocean, our daughter, who's a baby, she's going fucking blue and unconscious, rolling, and starts foaming in the mouth and convulsing. So full fight, flight. I'm like, fuck, my baby is dying but my wife is in it. And so this is that place of like, okay, cool. What do I need to do? And so I had to navigate the 
my my daughter, making sure she was comforted, my wife, making sure she was good, talking to the ambulance, packing everyone's bag in this this whirlwind, this fucking chaos of life for 20 minutes. And the the emotion was, I was so fucking scared, man. It's the, one of the most scared that's ever been in my fucking life. And so she left, took with the hospital, and it was just, it was just, she just overheated. Like we didn't know, but it was just all good. But then, and so I was waiting for phone calls all night, really rough sleep. And then in the morning, super raw, Minnie gets home late, trying to get the kids to kindy. So I'm still holding space for the family. And then um, Jeffy Zuma, so we, him and I do a, a fortnightly call every week. Um, I'm like, man, I'm, in a, I'm overwhelmed right now. Uh, just declaring overwhelmed. Shit went down last night. Um, just got to push our call about 30 minutes. Um, is that cool? He's like, yeah, man, take your time. Get on the call with him. And he's like, man, what's up? And I just told him. And he's like, how are you feeling, bro? I just broke down. And it's just still a bit raw there. I just bawled my eyes out. So I, just, I had to hold that mm. for like 24 hours as a man. But I had a brother in my life that I could mm. just let that go. And just, oh, I'm so petrified, man, and scared. And blah. and then when I was able to feel that emotion and express that to Jetty, he gave me some advice and everything like that. I went back out and I cried with my wife. Mm. And I was just like, babe, that was the scariest thing in my life. But I didn't need her to fucking hold me. Mm. I was able to express and cry about, like, my bro held, like, actually, I held myself. Yeah. It was by Zoom, but my bro held the space for me to do that. Yeah. So I still cried in front of my wife, but I wasn't that blubbering mess that, she couldn't rely on or depend on mm. that. She knew that I could be the lighthouse in the storm and it was scary as fuck. Mm. So that was a real life example. It was just recently about that vulnerability and transparency, because if I go and just don't look so scary and, fun, and just let all of that loose with her, anytime a situation happens like that, she's going to have doubt about my dependability, about my strength, about my resilience, but how the fuck am I going to show up when, when the chaos is there? And so I think that um, is, yeah, it's like, yeah, that testing round. It doesn't give her permission to go fully into her emotions because she now has to hold the space for you. And so because she can't go there, there's just always going to be that minuscule bit of doubt and and fear, hundred uh, percent. I love, I love, I've I've been saying that for a few, probably a few a year now. But like exactly what you said, but just not with the same words. I love what you said. The difference between transparency and vulnerability. You know, I think that's a yeah. very beautiful definition of like you know i say like go to your men's circle sort your shit. women are, women are intuitive they're gonna know when something's up and if you just deny that something's mm-hmm. up then they're gonna feel less safe again <laughs> so you can't just be like everything's yeah, fine yeah. everything's fine everything's fine because she knows everything's not fine so you're lying which is not creating trust either you'd be like look there are some things going on but please trust me i've got it under control i'm seeking the support that i need i'm getting the help that i want it's not that i don't want I will share with you when it's clearer and I know what's going on more. So that's that the transparency mm. piece. I, lo- I love that word. Transparency is way better than, um, yeah, beautiful. And the third one. Yeah, man. <clears throat> values, uh, transparency. So over values, and then, um, then that identity piece, man, and I know this is very cliche, but it's fucking so true. Yeah. It's about your circle of influence. Like you are the mm. sum or the average of the five people hanging around you. So like that identity piece of like, have a fucking look around, man. If you mm. discover who you are, you look at your values and you're taking on board this, what we're talking about, about transparency and vulnerability. If it's landing for you and that circle of your friends, they don't really get this. Get a new fucking circle of friends. 
yeah. because they will pull you down and that 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 collective belief of what it means to be a man whatever they'll, they'll that that Paul poppy syndrome will be there so that circle of influence is super important yeah um of just ensuring that the people that you surround yourself with um have they're, they're the same but similar belief systems yeah. um of like like long term like long term um like one of the things for me is like I look, and this was me, I used to live week to week, day to day, paycheck to paycheck, hanging for the weekend. So like how I'd talk about money was week to week. How I'd talk about uh, time was day to day, weekend. Mm. But now the new circle of friends, we are now talking about hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars. We're talking about 10-year vision. I have, a, I have a 20-year vision right here. So we're talking about the the... the capacity or the units of measurement of life of time energy money in much bigger grander scales and so when i meet someone new that's a reference point for me cool where do they speak are they speaking about day-to-day week-to-week i don't want to be around that i know what that vibration is mm. cool i can but I'll, i won't be hanging with those people if they're mm. talking about 10 year 20 year business plan legacy my grandchildren if i get yeah, fucked this is the kind of person I want to hang around. Mm, it's like mm. that circle of influence, but mm. that only comes back down to really knowing yourself, mm. what's important to you, um, your your identity, your value systems, your beliefs, and the other cornerstone, what we mentioned. So this is the yep. bonus 3.5 or 4, <laughs> is know your values, but do that first. Know your values first, and then a vision. Um, and once you have your v- values and vision, then... You've walked that path with alignment yeah. with your values, pertaining to your vision, and that's on purpose. Yeah. Which is that big thing. What's my purpose on the planet? That it's not outside of you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's in you. 100%. You're on purpose when you're that. You're always on purpose. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. You know, and I I've talked to men about that as well. It's like people go, Oh, I, when I do this, I don't feel like I'm on a person. I'm like, dude, what's the type of man you want to be? Because washing the dishes and taking the bins out is your fucking purpose, right? It's like cleaning your bedroom, making your bed, washing your clothes. That's all a part of your fucking purpose because that is cultivating the type of man that you are, which is which is vibrating out to the planet around you and your friends and your influence circle. So it's like, you know, taking a 20-minute break. Like I had a nap before this podcast because I got four in a row. Right? I got four interviews in a row and I was like, I'm tired. If I show up on these calls, not at 100%, and I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna lay on the floor for 25 minutes, have a nap. I had the nap, I made a cup of tea and now I'm like, I'm good. And that's me looking after mm-hmm. me. That's me according to my, like living in my values, doing what I need to do. That nap was a part of my purpose so that I could show up on this call, present with you, be here, be ready. It's like, we, I think part of the misconception of purpose is you got to be grinding every day to be on your purpose. And it's like, what you said, what are your values aligned with your vision? That's how you live your day-to-day purpose. That's beautiful, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Welcome. Awesome. I've got uh, one last question, right? Um, uh, so you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna always have two questions. One is, what are three tips men can men can use to work on their, you know, for you as identity, because that's the that's the thing we've been talking about. But um, the the last question I'm gonna I'm gonna end with here is, what's the thing when you're 80 years old and you're looking back, what's the one thing that you want to be proud of? Really interesting, man, because I sat with this deeply um, six weeks before our wedding. Mm. And I had, we we were in it and contemplated not getting married. And a lot of people, there was a couple of people that gave me some feedback about this question about purpose. And 
it was like the, their feedback was the thing that I'd be proud of was activating a generation of men. The fucking dint that would put in what it means to be a man, what masculinity means with the work that I do, the people that I touch. But then Jetty, the people that deeply know me, they're like, bro, if your wife and children are by your side in that, you haven't won, man, because your family is the biggest purpose that you have. You're so devoted to that. And like, don't ever forget that. And it was like, without a doubt, it's like, oh man. So when you said that, it was like, I was like on a deck, man. And my, and my family was there reflecting on our our lives, not just what I did, but our lives, the, what they'd put out and they'd done, smoking a dirty big cigar. And I was just like living without regret and just making sure that um, this fucking just relentlessly kept following those visions, man. Like, like what you said, man, at the start of like dreaming fucking big and people thinking that we're crazy, but we're crazy enough to trust ourselves to fucking jump. And it's just like that. That's what I want to be proud of. And then for people to go, man, that dude went fucking ape shit. He went nuts, man. He jumped like holy fuck. He was like, he went there. Uh, but at, simultaneously of that, and I think that's the the new nuance I'm up to is like, how can how can I have that harmony of purpose and service to purpose to the men's work to myself and my family simultaneously? So it's all cultivating simultaneously, not just an either or I'll wait till that, then I'll do that. It's like that at the same time. Um and so yeah, man, that that's the yeah. That that I went all in, but it was all in my purpose family and my purpose and myself. Mm, beautiful man. Thanks so much, Blaze. It's been an absolute honor chatting with you, man. I know that we could do this for probably days to be fair. <laughs> not <laughs> not just hours. Um but absolute honor having you in. Thanks for sharing your story. And uh yeah, if uh, how can guys get in contact with you? You know, where are you? How do they contact you? Yeah, social, any, all socials, and then my website's just under my name. Um, I always say, like, on a party, just send me a messenger. Like, I answer everyone. So yep. um, it can be a question. If you don't know where to start, um, just send me an emoji, an emoji of anything, and I'll, I'll just know. And yeah. I, because I've said that a couple of times in some posts. But bro, if you don't know what to say, just put this emoji. And so many men do that. Wow. Because they just don't know what to fucking stay. Yeah. So just, just put an emoji, man. And then, yeah, but that's the open. It's just because like taking that first step can be hard. Um, so yeah, put a shark as, if you put a shark as symbol, um, <laughs> I know that we'll, we'll just, we'll chat. So yeah, hit me on Messenger. Absolutely. All right, guys. I'll put some links in the podcast too. Um, if you like this episode, please share it. You know, tag if you're a woman that's listening, tag your men. You know, I don't know about Blaze, but I know some of the best marketing I ever get is from women that want to support men. There are plenty of them out there. You know, I I, I love women. I think they're beautiful and they are trying to help us in many ways. Um, also, just one little thing is don't just always tag them in our things, you know, like actually go, hey, I met this guy. He's got some interesting concepts. Why don't you check out his stuff? Let's have a conversation about it. Blaze is giving me big shuckers right now. Yes. He's like, holy fuck, yes. Men are in competition, right? The moment you tag a man in one of our things, he's going to automatically assume that you think we are better than him. And so he's going to hate us. So whereas if you go, hey, <laughs> hey, it, I met this dude. He had, I, I seen him on socials. He's got some weird ideas. I'd love to talk to you about it. All of a sudden, we're not seen as competition. So yeah, if you're gonna if you're going to recommend, do, do that. You got something to say on that, Blaze? Yeah, man. So like, if you're a woman still here, definitely do that. And this is what my wife did to get me into the work. There's this dude, Preston Smiles. And she's like, hey, babe, um, there's this dude. Have a look at his video. And so I sat down. It was um, Preston's video about calling your one. 
I was like, man, it's just like dropping fruit bombs. I can resonate with that. A week later, she's like, oh, have you seen this one? And he did. So we sat down together and did it. Now, in that time of that week, I went on YouTube and I watched about 20 of his clips. <laughs> and then when a, a workshop came up that he was running with his wife about four weeks, months later, she's like, oh, hey, babe, I'm thinking about doing this workshop. Um, I'm like, oh, yeah, who's running? She's like, oh, that Preston dude. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, cool. Didn't say nothing. She bought me a ticket. <laughs> And then that was my way into men's work, which changed yeah. my life. But she yeah. sat down and did the work with me, which showed she showed interest in something that I was interested in. And we yeah. had discussions. Why did that work well? What do you think about that? So she started me opening up yeah. through that, not yeah. by tagging me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and if you are a dude that, you know, like go check out Blaze, go check out his stuff. Like he said, if you've got any, if you don't know what to do, you don't know exactly what you're doing, but you feel like you want some help. Blaze got an epic uh, 12-month mentorship that he you know, puts men in, helps them find their vision, clarity, epic brotherhood. Um, yeah, go check it out. Absolute pleasure, Blaze. Thank you very much. See you later, ladies Thanks and gentlemen. Love, Bye. Peace.